0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one way to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars, underdogfantasy.com. And as one friendly reminder, do not forget to download the SGPN app. That's right, we've got an app now, and you can download it in both the App Store or the Google Play Store, so make sure you do that today.
1: Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 51, this one will go out to Ichiro, I believe he was number 51, uh, baseball legend, but mostly this one is going out to all my fellow Canadians. Uh, We're on the eve of uh, Canada's Day as I am recording this, so happy Canada Day to all my fellow Canucks and Hosers out there. I would be Jeff Fox, your host uh thank you for coming to the podcast once again hopefully you're listening to us on our dedicated feed the MMA Gambling Podcast feed if not if you could pop pop over there and give us a subscribe if you want to give us an awesome rating obviously only awesome ratings allowed if you want to give us a rating review that would uh, be much much helpful if that makes sense much helpful sure well we'll go with that um You may know me from such places as the MMA-Manifesto, which is the website I run for MMA exclusive content. So pop over there for all your MMA needs. Um, Even with no UFC this week, we still have plenty of content going up pretty much on a daily basis. And obviously, I am a writer and a editor and podcast host over at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. And I do have a co-host with me. Not a co-host, sorry. I was going to call him a co-host. I forgot. He's an associate host. Um, I don't have anything planned for his intro this week, so I'll just remind everyone that he's the toughest man to ever walk the planet, the baddest purple belt in the world, and the king of the go plata, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. You
0: you could have added in something about knowing obscure MMA since since we're I mean I guess not obscure but but uh, regional level MMA because I mean yes. like that is going to be a bulk or at least a chunk of our show today.
1: It is this this is the obscure MMA podcast uh, episode you could call it perhaps uh, maybe that's what I will call it when I uh, when I uh, do production on it. we'll just have to wait and see but yeah no UFC this week no. Bellator, no PFL, no Invicta, no – what else? What are the big ones? No Cage Warriors, no Ryzen, no uh, – what else is the big pro- uh, promotion I'm missing? Uh, no, basically no, all the big ones are are, uh, are da- uh, dark this weekend, so it's basically just, just regional promotions, which isn't a bad thing because Dan knows – heck of a lot about these promotions, and there probably are some betting lines that we can uh, we can take advantage of. Correct?
0: Yeah, there, there's a couple in here that I like.
1: All right, well, there, well, see, he's uh he's slow playing it, but I think it sounds like he's got something up his sleeve there um, for us. So we got what the big ones this so weekend would be what uh, um, LFA Titan CFSC. Are they the biggest? North American ones probably. Yeah, LFA Titans,
0: CFFC, I would say are the biggest regional promotions. Yeah, for sure. And what's
1: this what's this EFC MC? That's what is that the that, EFC? That's, that's South African South, and South Africa? I will say
0: right. I, you know and, and I saw that they had something this weekend too and I was like a little yeah. bit excited cuz I usually like to talk see or EFC. They have had a couple of guys go to the UFC from EFC. I I think that's where so, Jared Vandera fought there, even though he's an American guy. J.P. Right. JP Bays fought there. Um, and you might not remember Gareth McLennan, but he was a South African dude who fought there. Dolce Lugyambula was one of their champions. Ruan Potts fought there. So, they've, like, had lots of talent, graduate out of EFC, and wind up in the UFC. And I looked at this card, and, man, it is – it's not good. Uh, I don't know – if they're just, like, getting back to events for the first time in a while. If they, like, don't have a lot of guys on their... I don't I don't know what the holdup is here, but it is a lot of, like, low-level, mediocre, 50-50 record type talent. Um, so I, I actually skewed away from there because while I, I usually like to talk about some of their prospects, I have just not seen very much that I would consider a prospect on that card.
1: Well, that's a, a pretty good... Damning um review of that because you pretty much will watch anything too. So if it's if it's not even good enough for you to watch, then uh it has gotta be a pretty a pretty um pretty bad event they're putting on. Well
0: and I also have to say I'm I'm not hundred percent sure how to even watch EFC anymore. They used to have like an online way to watch it. Uh and and now I don't know necessarily that they have any way to watch it, but yeah, it, it's pretty pretty sad. Pretty sad state of EFC right now.
1: But I'm sure that um, Twitter guy, Grabaka Hitman, will be watching it when <laughs> he gives up. He always has a way to watch all these events. I, I assume it's he. It could be a she, I guess. But. Yeah,
0: if, if Grub, Grabaka Hitman uh, captures any big knockouts, that'll be worth it uh checking out but i yep. will say <laughs> as far as like watching it in anticipation of like a high level guy who you're going to see in a few years and like a bellator or a ufc or even a pfl i, I don't think you're going to see anything on that show
1: no um dan is if- are like hitman of the MMA Gambling podcast though so, all right before that, that, that's we uh, what they've we been get, saying for
0: years that I've been the Grubaca yeah, hitman been of the podcasting world
1: <laughs> and finally finally what we're letting the world know he's not no longer uh no longer low-key um uh it's what we're letting the whole world it's being busted open now to our billions of, of listeners I also want to let also want still that my grammars really on on a high level today I want to let you know about WinBet, let's blast that open to the whole world too. WinBet is bringing you the action of real live sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Terms, promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnandbet.com and download the app today. Well, while we're at it, let me tell you about another one of our great sponsors, PropSwap. We are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds at an NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchase on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of the button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price to it to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer sold a $100 175 to 1 odd Allowed the Hawks to win the Eastern Conference ticket for 6250 bucks after the Hawks went up 1-0 on Milwaukee. So with PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order for you to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to six $500 from giving away extra money. Again, $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. All right, I guess we may as well jump right into the um, the regional regional uh, um, betting stuff since that's what we've been alluding to already. First of all, is there any um, – do you normally play or do you, do you even want to talk about your personal gambling habits, but do you normally play any regional, uh, regional promotions or put any money on anything?
0: I, I would say in general no because what usually happens is guys who come in as big favorites uh, – are usually the ones that are going to win. It's kind of like the lower end of a Bellator card. Like if you ever look at the Bellator odds on like the opening fight or two, it's like negative 800, negative 12,000, negative 750 on just about every single fight. And it's because they know who's going to win. They're not very evenly matched up fights. And for a lot of these regional promotions, you see a similar thing. The, The one thing I will say is you don't often see that with LFA. LFA does a little bit better of a job with that. But still, you, yeah. you, you tend to see a lot of favorites win. So the only thing I do tend to do if I am looking to, to play a regional level card is I'm usually looking for underdog money because usually the underdogs are large enough that like even a small play will make you feel good about hitting, you know, like one or two uh, or, or, you know, like one out of four even um, if you find some underdogs you really like. So I did find a couple of favorites in here that I really liked that I'm going to point out. Um, but also, in general, I would say no. You're usually trying to avoid, uh, betting on a, you know, th- take Talita Alankar, who's, who's making her, if I'm not mistaken, her MMA debut this weekend because she's a, uh, jujitsu ace. She's betting off at negative 1200 at, at Titan FC. And like, you know, I, I like her a lot. I was very excited that she's moving to MMA because you're going to get to see more of her. But like, who would play that number? Who's excited about that number? So, and especially for somebody making their MMA debut, she's fighting somebody who's oh one one in one. So like you, you, assume she's going to win and you, you got to be excited about it. But like at negative 1200, how could you possibly be excited about that?
1: Yeah. Unless you are a um, big money banks guy, but you don't really want to put a whole bunch of money on someone making their debut. Anyhow, especially at that, at a number that, that extreme, cause you, you never know. Um, all right. Well, well, let's, uh, let's kick things off with LFA 110 since I have that up on my screen right now. It's going down, what, Saturday, Severa uh, versus Murray. Is, is this a UFC Fight Pass LFA? I, I can't keep track of where anything is anymore York. Cause I, I don't be- watch it all, all like you do. So I, I
0: believe they are on Fight Pass now all the time, and, and every single one of their events will be until uh, whatever deal they have runs out.
1: Okay, so there you go. Um, so you can catch it on the UFC Fight Pass, or I'm sure there's other other means out there where where you can catch it on, um, as like uh, Twitter, for instance. I'm sure you'll catch plenty of highlights on Twitter if there are highlights. Now, is there anyone on this card? Uh, it's headlined by Joshua Silvera versus Jesse Murray. Is there people on this card that that you know about, that you like, that you want to give us info on, or any bets you want to actually make on on this one.
0: Yeah, so contrary to my earlier point where I said I usually like to look through and find just uh underdogs who are playable on these cards, there are two favorites who I think are are being undervalued on this card. And the first one is Marcus Perez. You may remember him from uh from his UFC fame and uh or lack thereof. Uh, in his his Joker face, everybody remembers him him coming in with his crazy Joker face. Well, he's been released after losing uh, yep uh, three straight in the UFC to Wellington Terman, Tris Kustuplease, and Dolce Luigi Um, and he's going to be fighting Cristiano Frolich. And while he is betting off at negative one eighty, and I think that line pretty much exists where it is because he has a UFC vet. I actually think he's probably way better than Frolich here. I, I've seen Frolich kind of get controlled by people. Pretty easily, he's fought a much lower level of competition. Um, I, I'm not really high on Frolish. You know, he's got a loss way back when to Alberto Utah who I, I had like a cup of coffee in the UFC and looked really bad. Um, Carl Arbixen and and Hayward Charles, who who also you know not real great. And he's had a long layoff, so I, I really like Marcus Perez. Uh, you know, I'm seeing him on best fight odds right now at negative 180, which I think is is probably a good number. So, you know, despite my, my point about only playing underdogs, I like Marcus Perez in this one. In the other title fight, I actually have a pick, too. I really like Charles Johnson against Yuma Horauchi. So Charles Johnson betting off at negative 200. I'm pretty sure this guy will be in the UFC pretty soon. Um, he's like 8-2 and two, uh, or 8-3, and three maybe. He he's got a loss to like high level competition all the way through. You know, like nobody who beat Charles Johnson uh did not wind up being like a good like like his last loss came to Brandon Roy Ball, for instance. And the other one was to uh do you know Sean Santanella Shorty Rock? Um he's fought in like Brave C F and you No. Know, he he's like probably like the best uh flyweight on the regional scene who never got signed by like a super big company. So Like, Charles Johnson has only lost to those two guys, so, like, I think he's probably a really high-level guy, and it's just going to take, like, a big win in in a title fight for him to get that contract, because all of his wins, or at least all of his latest wins are, like, by really fun, uh, you know, like an anaconda choke and some, like, brutal grounded pound and, like, a rear naked choke. Like, he's a finisher, and he's super exciting, and he's a flyweight, and they could always use more flyweights. Trained at Tiger Muay Thai for a while, so, like... I think negative 200 is probably underestimating him against uh, like a Japanese prospect who's been training at Timoyama, which is where uh, Yuma Uchi has been training, but he's only like 23, he's kind of inexperienced, so he's going to be like, while very good, the guy who knows a little bit less here, so I, I really like Charles Johnson in this fight, so um, those are my two big ones for LFA 110.
1: But Charles Johnson last person he, he beat was someone named Carly so he's beating up on girls uh, Going it, into this fight are you sure we should pick him
0: I thought for sure
1: you were going to make a 1997
0: World Series joke uh, using Charles Johnson the Marlins catcher No I, I don't
1: remember I don't remember him so see oh, that's that's man. another obscure thing Dan knows man, No
0: you don't know you don't remember Charles Johnson the famed no. 90s catcher he might, not no, have been on the 97. he might not have been on the 97 Marlins. Don't double-check me on that one, because I think now that I think about that, that might have been – was Piazza on that team?
1: It was yeah, when the Marlins bought right. everybody.
0: Yeah, it was when the Marlins bought yeah. everybody. But but somewhere in there, the Marlins catcher was Charles Johnson.
1: <laughs> there you go. So, so that's that's for the flyweight belt. And then what? The main event is Joshua Silvera versus Jesse Murray for – what weight class is that? That's for waiting for it to load – Uh, that sound like it would be light heavyweight to you? Does that sound right? Yes, it does sound like a light
0: heavyweight. But here's the thing I will say about that one is, first of all, I'm not seeing odds anywhere on there. Um, and like both of those guys just kind of strike me as like your generic, uh, oh, actually, is that fight have been canceled? That fight has been canceled. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, Tapology All right. just just that announced must be why we don't see it. Ch- Tapology just announced uh earlier today that that fight has been canceled. So, Johnson All right, so let's now the main event against Uchi. So, look at that. I gave there you, you I gave you a pick on the main event. <laughs> there you go. So,
1: is uh Johnson would be your top prospect if you had to pick someone off of this off of this card um, for UFC success in the future, you would be buying stock in Charles Johnson?
0: Yeah, I'd like Christian Natividad too, um, who fights late or way earlier on the card. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. he's the brother of Kevin Natividad or cousin. He's related yeah, to yeah. the Natividad that already is in the UFC. Um but uh and yeah. what I've seen from him in like the limited amount of regional highlights like look good. But yeah like the most immediate impact, Charles Johnson.
1: All right, there you go. Um, all right, so that's and basically, if um, if a guy wins about belt in LFA, a guy or a gal wins about belt in LFA, they pretty much immediately get signed by the UFC. It's pretty yeah, much how, mean, how it works. So, I mean, the reason
0: <laughs> I, re, I mean the reason Horouchi and in uh, Charles Johnson are fighting for an interim flyweight title is because the champ of LFA's flyweight division is fighting on the Contender Series later. So they're not ready to strip him and say he's not the champ anymore because his next fight after the contender series might be back in LFA as the champ. But in the meantime, they got to keep the division moving. So, yeah, like, again, win the belt, get a chance, uh, especially at flyweight. Because, I mean, like, LFA's churned out so many good flyweights. I mean, we mentioned Brandon Royval is, like, you know, the poster boy for it. But they've had lots of great guys come out of LFA. So, um, yeah, I, I assume winning a belt here is going to be enough for him.
1: Yeah, that's usually the way it goes. All right, we'll move on to uh, Trophy Day's Etoilus 15, uh, Arena Goliath MMA in France. Who do you like in that one, Dan? (laughs) That is one I actually don't know about. You don't know that one? Although, although hear
0: hear, hear me out. I do know a little bit about French MMA now uh, because apparently – you know, MMA is new in France. This is interesting information for everybody who doesn't know about it. MMA yeah, it's, being it's new, just,
1: it's just legal now, right? Yeah, newly
0: regulated in France. And here's the problem they're having. I guess the French regulation commission there keeps canceling bouts on all of these regional promotions, saying they're not fairly matched up. Um. So, like uh, one one promotion, oh, yeah. like almost canceled their entire event the other day, uh, just because the the Basically, the, the commission came through and just, like, axed, like, 10 to 15 fights or something like that just on the spot. So – and and I don't know if they're doing it just, like, based on record because, as we know, that, that means nothing, right? Like, you know, if we – if we if yeah. we're, if were doing that, like – Brock Lesnar would have fought none of the guys he ever fought, right, in the UFC, or, you know, like, even Randy Couture would have been undervalued at, like, what, he was 16 and 10 by the end of his career. He wouldn't have been able to fight anybody. So um, I don't know if it's just record-based or if they actually have, like, talent scouts who are like, whoa, this is a squash match. But, uh, yeah, they're having a big, big amount of trouble over there right now with just, like, pure canceling events. Um, So while you did catch me off guard by talking about an event I did not have any clue about uh, I do have a little bit of information about French MMA right now.
1: See, so that's why Dan's here. Because no matter where uh, where I take this podcast, no matter what, what dark place I take it, he's always got some kind of information that he can uh, he can throw at you. So there you go. Um, and yes, LFA one time I did mention starts uh, nine o'clock Eastern on it's Friday actually I was thinking Saturday's Friday, July second, and is on UFC fight, fight Pass like we said. So all right, let's move on. Um, how about Titan? fc 7 is probably what the you think I'm the I second think it, biggest region. Uh,
0: I, I think that's behind CFFC if I'm being real honest. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think, you think so? I, I'm pretty big on CFFC lately, they, they, especially their women's divisions. Like their women's divisions have been churning out um, like a lot of good fighters, including the person who's ah, I'm gonna forget her name too, but the person who's stepping in on short notice to fight uh, Sajara Eubanks soon. They've got that Jasmine, Jesu to vicious who's fighting on the contender series. I'm pretty sure that's where we got both Dawkus brothers uh, came from CFFC. Whereas like Titan has given us some people, but I'm not sure anybody who I'm like, you know, like the ones I just said are are like way bigger deals.
1: I I wonder where we got those Dawkus brothers from. I wondered uh, if the cat dragged them in or what. Somehow we we got some (laughs) Dawkus brothers all of a sudden, but all right, well, we're doing Titan X anyway, so tough. Um, <laughs> Titan FC, it's also Friday night, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, UFC Fight Pass. Main event is middleweight world title. Some guy, whose last name has ass in it. Asis, Bruno Assis versus Shane O'Shea uh, for the middleweight championship of the world. And then, as Dan mentioned, um, a very good Jiu-Jitsu, jiu-jitsu practitioner is making her debut here also. So what can you tell us about this event, what you like, and so on and so on. Uh, go ahead. Show off, Dan.
0: So I, I do like Bruno Assis. Uh, I, I like his Jiu-Jitsu. I think he's fun to watch. I, I'm having a little bit of a tough time uh, picking in that fight. It is – I mean, it's pretty much a pickem if you look at the the, yeah. the, the lines. And, in you know, Assis was on Contender Series. Uh and he looked really bad, in my opinion, on that contender series. So I was, like, low on him for a while. Um, but that that loss wound up to being to Andre Muniz, uh, who we've since seen break Jacare's arm. Um, and he went the distance with Andre Muniz. So I'm starting to feel higher yeah. about him. Then you look at his recent records. He beat Rustam Shaziev, uh, who's like a jiu-jitsu absolute animal. Uh, he beat him at, FCFS, or at Brave CF. Um, so like, again, you're like, oh, well, and and he beat him by sub, which is like extra awesome. Then he turns around and loses to Aaron Jeffrey and Daniel Pereira. So like, I I think if he can get this fight with Shane O'Shea to the ground, who's like a fairly inexperienced guy, he's got a really great chance of winning, but like, I also don't know that he will. So it's like, it's a very hard fight for me to handicap. So that, that's one, especially with the odds being so close, I'm kind of just staying away from one of the ones I do like in this, and I'm going to keep bringing stuff back to flyweights because I do love flyweights, and so we already liked Charles Johnson. One of the people who I really like on this fight card, in addition to Talia Carr, who everybody should like Talia Alencar, um, is Andrew Richardson. Um, I really like him. He's uh, he's an alpha male guy, and as you know, I don't usually like alpha male guys. Um no. but but he uh, first of all won his first two professional fights with just like one touch knockouts in under a minute. But he's really more of a submission guy, which is even more fun. Uh, so then he's followed that up with uh, rear naked choking a guy, and then in the his fourth pro fight, which is this is kind of funny. In his fourth pro fight, he actually won in, in Global Legion FC by his opponent grabbing the cage too many times and not heeding the warning. Um, and they eventually, oh, really? just, yeah, they eventually just disqualified the guy. So he's only been a pro since 2018, so only for three years. He is four and zero. He's got a little bit of an amateur career before that, but he's got very much that like alpha male pedigree, where he can like punch a little bit, but he's also got really good wrestling. And he's like I said, he's an alpha male guy. Um, plus his nickname is the Road Dog, So if you're a, if you're an old school wrestling fan, you got to appreciate that. Um, he is fighting a guy who fancies himself uh, a grappler in Robert Eche- Echeverria, Um, But I actually don't think he's as good of a grappler. And he's been fighting mostly in Titan from, like, the organization uh, that is, or or out of the gym that is, like, down in that corner of Florida. Um, And and he, like, has a long amateur career, too, but I've noticed not particularly good amateur career. Since then, he's fought kind of nobodies in Titan FC, and they seem to be building him up but I really think that Richardson's jiu-jitsu and his wrestling and just the fact that he's going to be in a better position give him a great chance here to to pull an upset because if you do look at these odds, and this is where I like to hit you, Richardson is actually betting off at plus 185, which is a pretty sizable underdog, and I think if people knew more about these fighters, it would be even money or even uh, Richardson as a a small favorite. So
1: there you go. Go Get on that... Quick, because once our millions of of listeners uh, get in on Richardson, that number is going to obviously swing the other way, correct?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I okay. think. Uh, well, in in in, so not enough people will bet on this fight to to swing in, and no. that's if you can even find a, a sports book that's going to take odds, because you ain't going to find this on. Fanduel or, or DraftKings or anybody else, maybe on WinBet. Check out WinBet. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, I always it, at it, it is tough to find odds on these, but if you do find odds on these, the numbers might even vary. But I think you'll find them right around the opening line, no matter what.
1: All right. So, uh, uh and you're—is that the only fight you really would be comfortable putting money on? On you, you yeah. don't want to put any money on. And uh, to do Del- Olivier Carr though. Uh, no, it's, it's you know you can you yeah, could take
0: uh, you could take Talita Allen Carr and just throw her in a parlay on everything and see if you can get like an extra forty cents on every single bet you make because that's pretty much what yeah. adding her to a parlay is gonna do. But um, yeah, like I, I think like ultimately the rest of this card kind of doesn't. I mean, like there's not enough good prospects on here for me to know enough about. Um, again, I, I kind of like a cease in that fight. I think he's probably going to get Shane O'Shea down, but if he doesn't, he's going to look so bad on the feet. I think.
1: Do we have a future UFC star in the making on this card somewhere?
0: I I think if Richardson comes through and looks as good as I, he, I think he will here. He'll be five and zero in an alpha male guy that like. In the flyweight division, that like screams contender series, right? Especially yeah. if he's if he's gotten finishes least, yeah. in all yeah, and if he's gotten finishes in all five, like th- that's yep. right up there, yeah.
1: All right, there we go. Um, we'll move on to CFFC since Dan is a big fan of CFFC. Uh, we got CFFC ninety eight cuts versus Leinisi. Cuts is a bad last name for a fighter, though, unless you're, you're dishing out the cuts, I guess. Um, this is Saturday, uh, so finally not one. all. Uh, basically, the first two were pretty much the exact same time on Friday, which is dumb. you got to spread these things out. This one is Saturday, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern on the Fight Pass. Uh, it's from the 2300 Arena, which I think is where ECW used to go down, ECW, ECW, back in the old wrestling days in uh, Philadelphia, um, do we have any title fights here? Yes, we do. Welterweight title fight is the main event on the evening. All right, uh, break down what you can break down in this one. I'm sure you know every fighter, all 22 people on the card, but um, give us a, a synopsis.
0: So I don't know everybody on the card yet, but I do know what? that I, I, I do like Evan Cutts. Uh, you mentioned Evan Cutts. I, I actually am a big fan of Evan Cutts. Evan in- Cutts. And he's coming in here as an underdog, worth noting, plus one twenty five. Um, I think he uh, is super underrated because his record doesn't look great. Um you know, he's got losses to Colton Smith and Sean Spencer, who were a couple of uh, wrestler types um, that that both made their way through the UFC. Um, he's lost to some other guys who could kind of out grapple him a little bit here and there. But his jujitsu is really fun to watch. Um, he's got great transitions. He works to the back very fast. He's very long for a welterweight. He is six one with like gangly kind of looking arms. Uh, I I think his reach is probably much larger than the. The six foot one that he's supposed to have because he looks like he could like itch his kneecaps without bending at the waist. Um, so like I-, I think he is probably a good pick here for an upset over like you said. I, I don't know if I can say Johan's name here, but it's, Yo- it's Johan. Um, we're gonna start with that. So like, he's he's fighting this Canadian guy Johan who, uh, let's be honest, hasn't fought anybody. But he's 6-0, and everybody's super excited about him being 6-0. He's got a flying knee knockout uh, in, like, 14 seconds in CFFC. But he's largely just fought people he should just absolutely demolish. And the only people he's fought that do seem to have, like, some skill gave him some trouble at at various points. So I actually think Cuts is probably a bad matchup for him. And the other person I will say that I'm definitely in on betting here because I think his last performance or actually two performances ago, probably has him uh, a little bit lower ranked than he ought to be. And that's Solomon Renfro. Like, I I legitimately think Solomon Renfro is going to be, like, a, not just in the UFC, but, like, a decent UFC fighter. Like, could crack into the top 15 in a very tough welterweight division. Um, Like, I think a lot of people wrote him off after his fight against... uh, damn what it was like some journeyman but i can't remember his name but he got rear naked choked in the first round after um you know like a lot of fanfare coming into the fight about how great he was and like he sort of underperformed and was choked out um and since then like he went out and got himself another win looked really good doing it he's like the most athletic dude you will ever see um in a in a fight he's super fast super strong and only 24 years old so like i, I think we're going to see a lot of solomon renfro in the future and because of that recent loss, he's fighting Lee Henry Lilly, and I think he's only betting off at negative two hundred, and that's really crazy to me. Um, just for any Solomon Renfro fight on the regional circuit, I think he's gonna like wash most of the regional level talent. As a matter of fact, I'd probably take him over both the guys in the main event. Um, if we're being honest, I think he'd beat Evan Cutts and I think he'd beat Johan. Lane I I don't know how to say that dude's name. Yeah, he,
1: he's from he's from Quebec, so it's probably Lane Essie. And you always go, you, really, you always have to fade the Canadians, but right. It, so so definitely, definitely fade the
0: Canadian here too. Yeah. yeah. But like, so I, I actually think uh, Solomon Renfro is, is like a big deal in this this welterweight division and will like be fun to watch later on. And you know, no offense to the guy he's fighting, but the guy he's fighting is 1-2 in his last three. Um, one of those losses to the guy who just beat um, Anthony Pettis, um, Rauch Menzio, um, and, and, like, so, like, that one's not, you know, all that much of a shame, but, like, he's stepping in there with, like, a young athletic dude who's going to kick the crap
1: out of him. And Lee Henry Lilly, who is his opponent, sounds like, what, either, like, a future serial killer or a future presidential uh, assassination guy? Anybody yeah. uses uses a middle middle name, obviously, is uh, is um uh, of that of that ilk. So
0: and and he's got and he's got three names too. So yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, Lee Henry Low, exactly. Um, all right. So best prospect in CFFC is Solomon Renfro. You say a- absolutely, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, very good. All right, so there you go. That's how you get some uh somebody on the on the regional circuit, ladies and gentlemen. And then. We're back to the, the big boys uh, next weekend with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Uh, before we move on, let me tell you about the last couple sponsors. Uh, Underdog. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. You can use the free $25 to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 contest uh, tournament. They have their first place in Best Ball Mania 2 gets you a million dollars. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Drafts are happening constantly, and it's not just the NFL. They also have NBA MLB, and more. So, underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN for your chance to win a million dollars. And while you're on the interwebs, make sure you download the SGPN app. Uh, we are now, Our app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store, and it gives you easy access to all our picks, all our podcasts. You get notifications for all the podcasts. You can get on our promo page to get promos from all the different books, uh, sports books, and fantasy providers we have deals with. You can find up-to-the-minute odds. Uh, you can find all the news stories. Everything you need need is on that their app. Uh, so don't forget when you do download it to uh, toss us up an app review and make sure you download the SGPN app today. All right. Um, so I guess the big is UFC news um, since we last recorded. Um, actually, is very. Um, timely, because we were just talking about uh, Cyril Gagne, or or Gagne, uh, his his big win, biggest win of his career over Alexander Volkov. And what do you know it? He's fighting for an interim title next, which is um, exactly what fans hate the most, basically, is interim titles. Uh, He is fighting, for some reason, interim heavyweight championship against Derek Lewis at UFC 265 in Houston, Texas, at the Toyota Center. Uh, that's on August the seventh. Um, this is seems to be a case once again of the UFC um, Dana White and the UFC um, liking like to do their uh, anytime negotiations don't go their way with a fighter they like to uh, take it off take it into the public and the media and that's pretty much seems to be the case here uh, with their negotiations with Francis Ngannou or more um, precisely the negotiations with uh, his manager Dana White's been. Getting in an uh, online fight with him the past few days. Um, he did just win the, vital, uh, vital, the title. I told you I couldn't talk today. The title three months ago. Um, so it's not like he, and he's not injured, and he seems like he's willing to fight in September. But the UFC machine uh, needs fresh bodies. They need. Uh, they decided they need a main event for USG 265. And if Ngano's not willing to play ball, then they'll just make up a fake title. And put that in the in the headliner slot. Um, I tweeted a really good, actually, story about this from Jordan Breen. I think he writes for Bloody Elbow now. Uh, it's on my Twitter account, Jeff Fox, writer. He basically breaks down how, how the UFC machine basically works and, um, how rigid they are in, in their practices. And if a fighter is not willing to, to play ball, then this is one of the tactics that they like to do. They just, uh, they make up a title. Um, and they put it at a main event of a card. Because uh, we already have a real title fight on this card, uh, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena for the women's bantamweight title, but Nunes has not proven to be a real huge needle mover despite being the best female fighter ever. So they obviously felt the need to have another title fight atop this card because they wanted to pack the Toyota Center in Houston. So they put native son, Derek Lewis, in the main event uh, for a fake title against Cyril, gone. Um, so that's pretty much where we're at here. Um, So instead of getting Francis Ngano versus Derek Lewis, we should have got Francis Ngano versus John Jones, but they got in a spat with John Jones, so that's not happening. Uh, Now they got in a spat with Ngannou, so that's not happening. So instead we're getting Cyril Ngannou and Derek Lewis for our fake title, and even though the champion is healthy and seemingly ready to fight within a couple months. So did I miss anything, Dan, or is that pretty much uh, how you see it also?
0: So I I have so much to react in there. First of all, I will say I think Amanda Nunes is a big enough draw to – to have headline a card. I think the fact that she's fighting Juliana Peña, a contender that just people could not be lower on, uh is a, a big part of why they feel like they need a second title fight here. Um sure. like she just got submitted by a Dutch kickboxer. Like let's yeah. be real. Like and, and really submitted by a Dutch kickboxer. Um so like I think that has a lot to do with it. Here's the other thing I will say. I don't care that the UFC makes up interim titles anymore. I don't, I, I think if that's what they need to do to sell the fights to casual fans, I'm here for it. Like if, if you think that you need two title fights on that pay-per-view, so the casual fan buys it, like I'm already going to be watching. You're already going to be watching all, all the other writers who were, who are complaining about this are already going to be watching. So if you need a second title fight and your champions aren't ready to go and you need to do an interim title, I'm also cool with that. Like feel free to do that. And I think that that's a fine business move if that's what they're going to do. Here's where I have a problem with it. If that is your move, how the hell does your champion not know? You know what I mean? Like, how is this a surprise to Francis? If Francis said he's ready in September, and they're like, hey, yo, Francis, we actually need a title fight in August. If we don't have one, we got to make one up. Like, either fight in August, or we're going to do an interim, and then you can have the winner in October, November. Then then just leave that in his hands. And he's like, well, I can't fight in August. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to do this interim. We'll catch you in November. If they had done that to Francis, like, could Francis complain? Sure. But, like, should he at that point? No. They're just ta- telling him openly about their business practices being like, look, we need a title fight. And if we don't have it, we got to make one up. If you're not ready, we're going to make up yours. And, and, like, if that was the case, I'd be fine with it. But it does seem, like you said, super sketchy and underhanded. And the fact that they're fighting his business manager right now and talking about how much he gets paid, that's the part I have a problem with. Like, the, the part where this is an active effort to get Francis Ganu to make less money, a dude who is insanely marketable to make a little bit less money, like, dude, just pay him. I have no idea what he's asking for. I have no idea what his manager's asking for. But just, like, pay him, and if he's not ready to fight on the date you need and you need to do an interim fight, just tell him that and just let him know ahead of time so that he can then make the decision if he wants to rush it or let them crown some like goofy number one contender
1: belt. Yeah, that's basically what interim titles are, or number one contender. Which is number why I don't, which is why
0: I don't hate him anymore, right? Like if yeah. that's what they are, like we used to like for those of you who have not been UFC fans for 10 to 15 or 20 years at this point, we used to have fights that were just number one contender fights and you didn't have to be like Well, that is what Dana said, but do we any of us actually believe it? It used to be this was a title eliminator. You can even see it in people's Wikipedia page that it was named a title eliminator fight. And, like, if you had just slapped interim title on all of those fights because the champ wasn't ready for whatever one of those two was a better fighter, uh, nobody would care, right? Like, at, at this point, I don't care that, like, Tony Ferguson wore an interim belt but not a real one. Like, if you think it's lesser, then you think it's lesser and you don't ever worry about it. And if you think it's equal, well, then you think it's equal and you don't worry about it. So, like, I'm not going to be, like, up in arms that, like, people are like, oh, Surreal gain is a champ, but he's not a real champ. Like, just don't be upset about it. He he won a number one contender belt.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Well, well, who knows, though? Um, If they're getting getting a fight with um – with Ngannou now, and they're in a fight with Jon Jones, they're pretty much, um, maybe this will be, end up being a real title, a uh, real um, heavyweight championship uh, belt before you know because it it's like, who knows when Ngannou's going to fight now if, if Dana White doesn't like his manager.
0: But here's the thing, though. has And, and again, I think the, the UFC's crazy underhanded. And I think they're, they're awful in terms of their business practices and how they treat their, their employees. But I'll ask you this. Have they ever just straight-up taken a belt off of somebody contract-wise? R- not like,
1: um, in the old days, I guess, probably, right? Randy Couture, maybe, yeah, but, or something but like only, that.
0: but only with them straight-up leaving. Right. Yeah, like, it, it was never like, oh, you're not going to take this fight or this fight or this fight or this fight or this fight. Fine, you're not the champ. Like, if yeah. they're going to stay in your company and they haven't hit a pregnant woman with a car, they get to keep their belt. Uh, So, like... Yeah, I, I do agree that this is shitty tactics, and I do agree that it sucks that it's going to take us longer to see Francis now. But, like, ultimately, like, he's still the champ, and nobody's ever, especially being as marketable as he is, I'm not worried about them trying to take the belt off of him.
1: Yeah, um, someone just asked me on Twitter, does this mean, like, we get Francis in the fall? Or, and he's asking if you're going to see Francis and Jones. I'm like, no, you're, you're not going to see Jones any time soon that that ship sailed i think and who knows with Ingano now if they're going to get in fights with him too so um yeah so all, all they had to do really was bite the bullet uh, on this event and uh they could have had a uh, big title to fight the very next month uh but instead they, they are um doing what the UFC likes to do so uh as for gambling wise um have you looked at the lines for this or you want to play the game versus lewis uh, betting line game
0: I assume so. I haven't looked at the lines, but I'm gonna take. Uh, I'll I'll say surreal gain as a small favorite at native. Let's go a buck forty-five.
1: You are incorrect. He's a he. He opened at minus three twenty-five.
0: Oh wow! Um,
1: yeah, and he's at minus two seventy-five now. It looks like. Oh, okay, so he's where getting I bet. He's,
0: get, he, he's getting bet down. They're, they're betting the Lewis. Yeah, tie. yeah. He's getting
1: bet down, but not not huge. It's still you know minus two seventy-five. But but yes. Uh, I guess he's only been on the board for what a few hours at this point, but yeah, he, he's getting back down a bit. But it's still a pretty massive line for a heavyweight fight w- with a guy like Derek Lewis, who can who can slang and bang with the best of them, fighting in his in his hometown.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's the key for why I thought it would be closer too. Is that like you you have to respect the fact that Derek Lewis knocked out uh, basically what I would consider the grappling's version of uh, Surreal Gain, right, is, like, Surreal Gain is a kickboxer who's incredibly intelligent and stays safe, as is uh Curtis Blades, right, like, he's a grappler yep. who stays insanely safe, and he got knocked out, so, like, you would have to assume that, that he has some sort of chance to tag him, uh, although, I guess, grappling gets you a little closer than, you know, kickboxing, but, like, I, I have to imagine that, like, he's got that puncher's chance, and it's at least worth a look. I, I would say if if you can get Derek Lewis anywhere near plus two fifty, I, I think you're getting a steal on that one too.
1: Yep, there you go. So that um, and, and what? What do you think is going to happen in this fight? Uh, breaking it down, do you see gain being? I don't. Do you want to be patient with Derek Lewis? Do you want to be in there twenty five minutes with him? Um, I, would know, we, a, a I, I would say we. I would
0: say you. I would say you don't want to be in there twenty five minutes. With no, him, unless he's on his back. Um, And and I don't see that happening. Um, You know, like, Iliar Latifi lasted 15 minutes with him. Ultimately, loses that fight, but barely. Um, And and mostly just by putting Derek Lewis on his back. So, like, unless you're doing that, you don't want to be in there for 25 minutes with him. But I will say Gain is a, a whole different animal when it comes to his technical striking. I could see him really using front kicks, leg kicks, and all that kind of stuff to just keep Derek Lewis extremely at bay.
1: Yeah, so if, gun to your head, as you like to say on your other podcast, sometimes you say it here, but on your other podcast, you are picking Serial Gain to win this?
0: Yeah, if I'm doing a, if I'm doing a, I, I need to pick a winner, I'm picking Serial Gain, but I would say right now, where the line currently sits, the value definitely sits on the Derrick Lewis side.
1: Yeah, very, very true. Um, other, well, speaking of UFC's horrible practices, um, my prediction is uh, Sarah Alper is going to be uh, out of work very very soon. Have you seen what's going on with her recently?
0: I, I, I have seen. Did you get the latest update though, or did yes. you just get the first yeah. update? Because the first the, uh, update is very surprising. The second update is is very very surprising.
1: Okay, well we'll, we'll see if we're on the same page. So based on Sarah Alper, uh, low level. Not saying that in a negative way, but a, you know, low level uh, UFC women's flyweight fighter uh, started a GoFundMe. Is, that's what pro athletes have to do, obviously, uh, when, they, when they're in the top of, uh, of their sport, in the top promotion. She has had to start a GoFundMe so she could afford to eat food and, and train to be a UFC fighter. That's because, oh, I don't have it. I, I should have had in front of me how much, uh, how much money she's making because that's what the MMA manifesto is all about. But I don't have how much she's making. How many fights has she won in the UFC? Do you know that off the top of your head, Dan?
0: Um, I, mean, I believe – I believe she has not yet won in the UFC. She did win on the Contender Series. That's how she got her fight. Right. But I'm pretty sure she lost her debut and she's only fought twice. I did interview her right before her UFC debut. She is, yes. as her nickname would suggest, far too sweet. She's like the nicest person on the whole planet.
1: Yes, I remember remember that in interview. So the um, reason I was asking is she probably is making the entry-level amount then if she hasn't won a fight, which would be 10000 if uh ten thousand to show up ten thousand to win um and yeah she fought once Jessica rose clark lost that fight, so she made ten thousand that fight plus plus what about thirty f uh, at that point it was about thirty five hundred in uh, reebok sponsor, sponsorship money, so she would have made thirteen thousand five hundred bucks, but that's basically she'd make that she wouldn't have had to pay out a whole for coaches for for a, a man i'm sure probably as a manager an agent training partners. All that stuff. Um, UFC pays for, I think, one or two corner people to come. And you know, if you want to bring more, you have to pay for all that. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, she'd make much money. Um, and that was back in September. She's had a bunch of fights fall out since then. And when fights fall out, you do not get paid. Um, UFC only pays your contractor in the UFC's eyes. So, you only get paid when you fight. So, she's basically made what? Uh, Lost some fourteen thousand dollars gross in the last half a year. So, um, and before that, she had fought what the August before, August 2019. So she's barely worked basically as a UFC fighter or as a fighter in general. So, she started to go find me so she could actually train and uh, get prepared for her next fight against Aaron Blanchfield um, and um, Jake Paul, uh, um, who we haven't mentioned for a long time, which has been nice. But um, he he's um, the YouTube boxing sensation dude um, who's been all over the UFC's case about how much they pay fighters. He uh, donated $5,000 to her cause. Um, and um, more importantly, I think, is uh, he, he shed light on it to uh, to put it out there because she wasn't getting a whole lot of sponsorships up to that point. And then Triller Fight Club, which is who Jake Paul was his past few boxing fights with been with, uh, donated 25000 and also ripped the UFC for their pay um, pay um, scale pay practices, I guess, would be the way to say it. So she's well over her $30,000 goal just from those two people there. But they both made a point to drag the UFC through the mud, um, which is why I'm saying Sarah Alper is going to be looking for a new job very, very soon because um, that's the way UFC operates. They're going to fire her since she made them look bad, just like they got rid of Leslie Smith because she was trying to get a union going or an association going.
0: So I'll say this, um, I I think Sarah Elpar is probably in a safer spot than Leslie Smith was like Smith was actively Oh yeah, for sure. uh, Yeah. Smith was actively trying to unionize a large group of people who could all come together and, you know, try to put, um, you know, the UFC into, you know, acting like an actual company or a sports organization that actually treats their athletes well, um, And they didn't, Um, and so then they fired her, and the thing I will say about what Alpar has done, like, she's not the first UFC fighter to start a GoFundMe to help their training, like, and that's terrible to say, like, absolutely positively terrible to say, that, like, multiple of these people have needed you know, GoFundMes or we'll have to work. I mean, like, Jeff Neal, up until very recently, was a server at Texas Roadhouse. Like, it's incredible that, like, he achieved the status he did in the sport and still was working a second job. And, like, we know more than that that, that are doing more than one job. So she's not the first. And I don't know that the UFC will find fault in her doing it. But it does like she she's definitely in worse shape than other people who've had GoFundmes because of who responded to it. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't yeah. think she's I don't think she's like if she loses this fight to Aaron Blanchfield and man do I love Sarah Elbar, but like Aaron Blanchfield's a terrible matchup like she's such a beast like a- Aaron Blanchfield's really freaking good, um like. <sighs> If she loses to Aaron Blanchfield, I don't necessarily know that that is 100% a death sentence in that, like, I don't I don't know that the UFC will 100% blame her for, like, Jake Paul taking this thing over.
1: Yeah. It's definitely not a good luck for them. It's inadvertently not a good look for her. It's not her fault. Um, and she's been very careful not to blame the UFC for, for any of this. She's... She states rightfully that she's paid way more in the UFC than she has in anywhere else in her career, but it's basically just, you know, shines light on them. They want to act like they're a, uh, a rival to all the big sports. They're, they're as big as the NFL, but their fighters are, are out having basically to beg for money, and YouTube stars and fake uh, celebrity fight leagues are are taking up their cause. So, um, like I said, uh Make it uh, make it clear she didn't do anything wrong, but um, I'm hoping the UFC doesn't doesn't blame her for this because she's shed a light inadvertently on the uh, dirty side of their business.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I could, like I said, I definitely could see them handling it worse than they did other GoFundmes, but I I think ultimately she is going to be fine. I, I, and and like I said, I do anticipate her losing this one. Some people going to get fired all the time. But I don't yeah. think it's 100% a death
1: sentence. Yeah, but uh, and will this change uh, how the UFC pays? No, it won't because they don't have to change. They're they're still making lots of money. Um, fighters are still begging to fight for them. Uh, there's no union, so they can basically uh, they can just keep making up interim belts if they need to. <laughs> if they don't want to pay people, so they will keep paying people ten thousand dollars to to show. And it's up to what four thousand for the. Sponsor, sponsorship pay, and um, that could be all a fighter makes in a in a year would be fourteen thousand dollars. So, why change if you don't have to? And if if you know you're pretty, you look pretty scummy as it is. Then why change your practices?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of been the running the thing about the UFC, right? Like if they're gonna keep handling their pay badly and nobody's gonna make them do anything about it, why would you? Like th- th- there's no reason yeah. for them to change.
1: Yep. So, anyhow, hopefully two sweet wins, and then then we'll see what happens. So, um, (laughs) nothing against any other big uh, MMA news. Let me think. Um, Sean O'Malley has a new... uh, He's fighting someone from your neck of the woods, Massachusetts. uh, Short notice fight uh, on next week's Pay per view. Do you know anything about the guy? He's he's who's stepping in to fight him.
0: I know a lot of things about the guy who's stepping in. What to fight a surprise! Him. I, I was actually at Chris Motino's uh, professional debut, uh, CES 38, which, despite the fact that CES usually happens in Twin River Casino, was actually happening in Foxwoods Casino, which is in Connecticut instead of Rhode Island, for like a very rare event. Um, in Connecticut instead of Rhode Island. Um, so I was actually at his pro debut. He was the first fight of the night. Everybody was hyping him up as a hyper prospect. He looked good, not great in that fight. And everybody afterwards was kind of like, uh, oh, we kind of expected Chris Mattino to look better because he had a long amateur career in the Northeast region, uh, particularly in Cage Titans. Um, so, yeah, like uh, I'd seen him a bunch then, and then I saw him a little bit later on. I think it was CS41. It's just headlined by Matt Bassett, if I'm not mistaken. And he landed a nasty, like, head kick, like, 10 seconds in or something like that. So, yeah, I, I've actually seen Chris Motino live a, a bunch of times. He's a guy who, uh, who, if I'm being real honest, like, people had much higher hopes for him to move more quickly. But he took, like, not one, but, like, a bunch of prospect losses. Um, And seems to grow every single time from him. Uh, he's looked really good his last two times out including once against uh, his second-to-last out, he fought uh, Shale Sonnen's guy. Uh, Shale Sonnen said he would fly this dude anywhere in the world to get more fights because everybody was denying him fights. CES was like, sure, Shale, send him up here, and then let Chris Mattino beat the shit out of him. So Chris Mattino's a legit guy. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what he does with Sean O'Malley. I, I got to imagine Sean O'Malley a freaking sizable favorite in this one but motino can wrestle a little bit and uh can definitely take a punch um he is a guy who has taken a lot of heavy punches in his career so i I actually i think he will make it way more competitive and probably pick up a lot of fans in a fight with sean o'malley
1: all right guess the odds dan they are i have them on my screen
0: i'm gonna say o'malley Oh man, they haven't had time to have like sharps come in and dump like grands on him. So let's say negative six hundred,
1: uh, minus eight hundred, minus nine hundred, and sharp. Um, he opened at minus five hundred, so the sharps are on it, Dan. Oh, they're <laughs> already they're
0: already on it. So I was yeah. right. If they if they hadn't had enough time, we might still be at negative six hundred. But they had enough yeah. time, so oh, that's so my bad like... for not realizing they have jumped on that earlier. Exactly.
1: So it looks like the UFC. Uh, a lot of big names uh, offered to step into this fight, but. Uh, the fact that they're taking their guy off the regional scene that you describe as good, not great, probably means they want Sean O'Malley star to continue to rise despite the dumb things he says.
0: Well, I would say this too. I, like that was already a case for me. Like I'll, I'll, a lot of people were like, anytime somebody was offering to step in, like Tim Elliotts offered to step in, go up to 135 and fight Sean O'Malley, people were like, get the hell out of here, you suck. Like right, like that's the the Twitter reaction. Tim Elliott's better than Luis Smolka, who is who, who O'Malley was supposed to fight. And if I'm being real honest, Chris Motino might be better than Luis Smolka. Right? Like, and I don't mean to be mean to Luis Smolka. Like, he's just not very good, right? Like, look at his record in the UFC. Like, there, there's nothing there that jumps out that makes you say, man, Smolka is a killer, or Smolker is a savage. Like, he did beat Alberto Quinez, Jose Alberto quinanez in his last fight, but before that he was choked out by Casey Kenny. He beat Ryan McDonald, who nobody's ever heard of. Before that, he got choked out by Matt Schnell at, at Flyway, down at Flyweight. So, like, nobody's looking at Luis Smolka and being like, man, this guy is a, a murderer. He deserved the Sean O'Malley fight, but, like... I'm, now everybody's like, oh, they picked the guy off the regional scene. They had pretty much already picked the guy off the regional scene, right? Like, they picked Smolka. You know, like, Smolka Smolka was one fight away from being fired if he lost that Quinez fight. Quinez did get fired and wound up fighting for that XFC down in Florida uh, against uh, the guy from Rhode Island, uh, Andre Sukumta. So, like, and he lost that fight, too, right? Like, he didn't even win that fight, so... Like Smolka is is was not a big step up for for O'Malley anyway, so they were already kind of playing into his his matchmaking and his star rising. Um, but yeah, like I, I agree, like the fact that this didn't wind up being like Ricky Simon at 140 or you know Brian Kelleher or somebody like that. Like there, there's a reason it's Motino.
1: They should um it should be Sean O'Malley versus versus Heroin because he says he could take Heroin and not get. And not get hooked. So that oof. that would be the fight we want to see, right?
0: <laughs> oof. I got a oof get, for that one. I'm going to give you the oof on that one and not comment on Sean O'Malley's heroin
1: takes. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, it's not my take. It's his take. That, yeah. That'd be very clear. All right. Um, well, with tomorrow being Canada Day, I thought, hey, that's what we need to put some Canadian content um, on the podcast here. So greatest Canadian fighter of all time. I know it's a tough one, Dan. Uh, who, who do you think the greatest of all time is? It's, it's definitely a state <laughs> right. now, now it, but it, it i think it gets a little interesting after that who do you think is the oh they have Brock Lesnar listed as Canadian cuz he lives in Canada but no well cuz you know cause he's he fights out of uh, Saskatchewan now but who he has dual citizenship so technically is he the second-best Canadian fighter? Maybe. Um, who do you think the second-best of all Canadian time?
0: Canadian citizenship.
1: He does, yeah, because he lives in Canada. I'm sure his kids are probably Canadian. Uh, he's been there for a while. So. Oh, um,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, now, who do you, now, this is kind of tough. Who do you think, based on accomplishments, not like all the – because most of us are agreeing that modern-day fighters would destroy fighters from, what, 20, 25 years ago. But based on accompl, accomplishments, who do you think is the second-greatest – Fighter out of Canada. There's no right or wrong answer, but
0: I think I'm going to lean Patrick Cote.
1: Yeah,
0: really. Yeah, it's like like not for anything. He had like some really stellar runs that I think people forget about. Like you know, like I, I mean, like leading up to that fight with Anderson Silva. Yeah. Um. You know, like he beat Kendall Grove, Ricardo Almeida. Um. You know, like, he, he beat a whole bunch of guys in there. I mean, like, he, he had a split decision with Chris Lieben, which is a pretty good one. He, back in the day, he fought Tito Ortiz. He didn't win that one, but he did fight Tito Ortiz. Uh, so he fought Tito Ortiz and Anderson Silva and Wonderboy and Cowboy Cerrone. Um, you know, he knocked out Ben Saunders. I'm trying to think of other guys he fought. Did he, fight, did he fight Joe Diesel Riggs at one point in time? I feel like Sounds like you
1: guy. probably you probably should have, at least.
0: Yeah, like, everybody should have fought Joe Riggs <laughs> at some point. But, like, yeah, like, maybe Patrick Cote. I'm trying to think of other ones. Like, it is, man.
1: Isn't Rory McDonald the obvious answer?
0: Yeah, but, like, oh, okay, so.
1: Maybe not obvious. Like, he, I
0: mean, I mean I'll, I'll entertain that as an option, but, like, R- what are Rory McDonald's accomplishments? Like, again, a good run to a title fight.
1: Bellator in champ.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess Bellator. Are we gonna count that? But like, he PF, fought, future
1: PFL champ.
0: Yeah did he did he lose his he lost his Bellator belt right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, Doug, Douglas Lima. Yeah, in a lost. Right. A, 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 I mean, it wasn't a lost to T-Belt, but like call it a lost to T-Belt. Oh, that's right.
1: It's on a like, losing streak, I forgot. I called call it.
0: A, I mean, like, he did draw John Fitch in Bellator in order to retain his title and then didn't have to fight him again because it was in a weird tournament and he advanced on the draw. Um, Like, I mean, like, he had a, a winning streak that led him to a fight with Robbie Lawler where he got knocked out. He also lost to Wonder Boy. He lost to Robbie Lawler twice. Man, I guess he's got to win against, like, the most watched BJ Penn do we want to count as win to Nate Diaz being a big one? I mean, like he he's a decent answer too, but I I think Patrick Cote is is underrated as an option there. Looking yeah, not that right there with like two A and two B with Rory Mac.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think of him. So there you go. That is underrated. Uh, just I throw some other names out before we go home. Uh, Gary Goodrich, UFC eight finalist, UFC ten uh, semifinalist, K one champ. Um, Brock Lesnar, of course. Get out of, here, get out of here with that Brock Lesnar. Doesn, we're going to take him. Um, who else was they thinking? Obviously, there's still plenty that are know, You know, you know what I, I will
0: actually say? I'm actually going to take back my answer. I'm going to take back Patrick Cote, and yeah. I'm going to deny your Rory Mack answer. Yep.
1: See if you I'm, go with the guy I was thinking.
0: I think I'm not going to because I think I'm going to take a gal.
1: Um, oh, that you okay, are not you thinking go, you
0: of. What about Sarah Kaufman?
1: Yeah. Yeah, very, Sarah, very good pick, yep.
0: Sarah Kaufman has wins over Magumi Yabashida, um, who is, like, an <laughs> uh, upcoming women's idol. You, you laugh, of course. Like, she, was like, no, a, she he, he, Magumi Yabushita was, like, a big name in women's MMA in the early days. She KO'd Roxanne Matafari with a slam. She beat Misha Tate, Shanna um Leslie Smith. Um, let's see, who else did she beat? She fought... Valentina Shevchenko and Roxy. She is, she was the Invicta Bantamweight champ, or currently, I mean, I guess she won it and she never defended it, and now she's yeah. in PFL. Um, she also is coming off of a PFL loss, so like maybe less exciting. She beat Alexis Davis, Valerie Latorno. Like she, she is, I, I mean, like beating Misha Tate, I mean, automatically puts her in that, that conversation. She was the Strikeforce champ.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, she's definitely – yeah, I didn't even think of her, but I should have. You're right. Um, name I always think was Carlos Newton. Remember Carlos Newton? He yeah, was the he, UFC he, welterweight he, champion.
0: He won the welterweight title with a schoolboy bulldog choke yes. over uh, Pat
1: Miletic, which, yeah. like,
0: he I guess he deserves extra points for choking out Pat Miletic because exactly. everybody should choke out Pat Miletic. <laughs> exactly. And that, yeah, and then he
1: lost to Matt Hughes. Yeah, and that kind of – yeah, Matt Hughes ended up – Getting the title, Milutich was supposed to get a um, get a title a rematch, and uh, his teammate Matt Hughes uh, stepped up instead, and the rest is history. So, um, another uh, who else today? Mark, Mark Hominick gave uh, Jose Aldo love, a very good fight. For the not USC only title. did he give not only did he give
0: uh, Jose Aldo a really good fight, his fight with Eve was it was Eve Edwards or Eve Jabouin. Oh, I'm mixing up my Eves. Um, do you have Mark Comynick's Wikipedia page in front of you? Uh, I can. Yeah. Gets, uh,
1: hang on, I'm going to get. I'm going Wait, to get my uh, injury. He what fought
0: fight one of when He fought was one had the,
1: the baby grow out of his head.
0: That was the that was the Aldo fight. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, he fought Eve Jabouin. I was right. It was Eve okay. Jabouin, not like, Eve Edwards. Uh, but like that fight, WEC 49. Go back and watch it on Fight Pass. Incredible two and a half round fight. So much fun to watch. Um, yeah. like. I would say in terms of, like, straight watchability, Mark Hominick was probably right up there near the top.
1: Yep. Uh, other of note, Felicia Spencer. He also fought Eve <laughs>
0: Edwards. Hang on a second. Yes.
1: Oh, really? He fought he both fought of He fought Eve Drabouin
0: but... and Eve Edwards. So
1: maybe watch both the fights just to be safe, everyone, just yeah. to make sure. So. Yeah,
0: make, make sure you catch both of those. Uh,
1: we have uh, Felicia Spencer. We haven't met her. She was even Mick like the champ. Hasn't done so great in the UFC, but there's, she doesn't really have much of a um, – Competition to fight against so <laughs> not much of a fight class. Alexis Davis obviously you mentioned her before. She was a uh, um, one of Ronda Rousey's uh, victims, but yeah, I, I miss uh, Sarah Kaufman for sure. Um, she's definitely one uh, one to uh, one to um, speak of, and then that's pretty much it um, that, that I can really really um, think of. Who do you think the best? do you have a Canadian prospect that you like at this point or not? Because it really, like, I've been asked this, like, who's who's going to take the mantle from now that GSP's gone? And it was supposed to be Rory, and he's kind of faltered. He really, like, he, he's his resume is still, you know, makes him second or third best Canadian of all time, but he seemed like he was the second coming and didn't really pan out. Um, and he's got a lot of wear and tear on him uh, by yeah. now. So you think that's probably the end of him as a, as a top, top, top guy.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a real, like, mantle place person, but actually I mentioned one earlier on the show when we were talking about how much I like CFFC. I mentioned the name Jasmine um out of uh, CFFC. She's a Canadian. All right, I wanna, cool. I want to say she fights for, is it Niagara top team she fights out of? Um, yeah. I could be wrong. Um, but she is fighting on the Contender Series. Um, she's only got one loss on her career, and to be honest, it was a – if we're allowing me to do my revisionist history, uh, she didn't lose that fight. Um, but like, I, I have been high on her as a prospect, um, for quite some time. Uh, she's a, a flyweight, but she's very, very long. So it, it is Niagara thought team. I looked it up. Um, she's very, very long. And the person who beat her by that split decision and, uh, eventually became the champion is the one fighting Sajara Eubanks. So like, Clearly, they feel pretty high about her um, having won a split decision over Jesu Divisius. And Jesu Divisius, if I'm not mistaken, is fighting in uh, September on Contender Series. So you should see her in the UFC pretty quick. And I actually think she's better than the one who's going to fight Sajari Eubanks.
1: Well, there you go. Maybe we have a a future Canadian hope uh, amongst, uh, amongst our ranks. There really is no... No one in the UFC really that I'm super stoked on that's Canadian at this point. Um, who do you think the best Canadian in the UFC is right now? Um, we have Tanner, Tanner Boser, Felicia Spencer. We don't really have a whole lot of ones that you can really. Well, uh, Jillian Robertson's good. Um,
0: she, she's probably the most exciting prospect because she's yeah. so young. Right, um, but like you're right. Like the the per, who's the closest to like being a champ right now? And like the answer <laughs> is probably Tanner Boser. Like it's a thin division, and like nobody yeah. there. But like the the bottom line is, you just don't really have anybody yeah. close to being a champion. Um, you know, like people were really high on Misha Serkinoff for a while, who is actually yeah. born in, he born in Latvia, but he's a Canadian, right? Like. Yep. Yeah, but, like, ultimately, he kind of petered out and disappeared into nowhere. And, yeah, like, hoof. Uh, I, I mean, like, uh, Jesse Ronson stepped in and had that, like, really amazing fight and then tested positive for, like, what, three different kinds of steroids or something like that.
1: No, it's and from the moose is, meat. It's from the moose meat up here he was eating. That's all.
0: Yeah, John we all eat
1: moose. John McDessie
0: fun to watch, but he's, yeah, like, he's, he's he's like kind of old now, right? Like, yeah. is he Is he really old?
1: Well, he's got a lot of wear and tear. At least he's probably not yeah, old yeah. for a fighter. Oh, you here. know,
0: you know which. Uh, and granted, he's coming off a loss, so this is going to sound bad too. Hakeem Dawodu is is a good oh, pick yeah. too. Yeah, because I think he had a five fight winning streak until he just got out wrestled by Mavsar Evloev. So like,
1: yeah, yeah okay. like
0: maybe maybe him, maybe, maybe yeah. Hakeem Dawodu. He's probably more exciting and in a better young prospect than Jillian Robertson even.
1: Well, the next time we record is. Fourth of July. So we'll do this for uh, U.S. fighters, too. How about that? That's that the should best be American.
0: Easy. The best American, best American fighters. <laughs>
1: exactly. The best American. Yeah, that, that shouldn't take us very long at all. Right. It's only no, fair. I, if we do it for Canada, we can do it for the States, too.
0: I, I look forward to it.
1: All right. Um, in, until we, we meet you again, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox, writer Gumby Vreeland. Read all our stuff in sports. podcast dot com and on MMA dash manifesto dot com. Download. The SGPN app, obviously, uh, and subscribe to our podcast, MMA Gambling Podcast. Um, I think that's all the all the rules and homework I have to give you. I'm going to let Dan take take you out this time because I think I've done it two or three weeks in a row. So <laughs> let's see what Dan's got planned for us today.
0: I'm David Goodby Freeland. He's Juicy Jeff Fox, and we'd like to wish you
1: a Happy Canada Day. Oh, so nice. Have a Juicy one, everyone.